Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast, sharing a rundown of tips and strategies to live healthier and happier in a fun way. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Today, I'm talking with registered dietitian, Lindsay Gennaro, all about collagen. Collagen powder is the hottest supplement on social media right now, with people putting it in everything from coffee to protein snack bite recipes to face masks. So I'm talking to an expert to ask everything that you might want to know. Should you take it? What are the benefits? Will it make me run faster, lose weight, look pretty, help me make friends? All of that, maybe not that last one, and more. In case you're new here, my name is Monica, and I created runeatrepeat.com over nine years ago to document training for my first full marathon and struggled to lose weight. I ended up running that marathon, eventually lost the weight, and the site turned into an amazing community online, and now it's this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm very happy you're here. Before we get into all the collagen talk, let's warm up. So I kind of have an announcement. I'm running a marathon this weekend. Dun, 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 dun. Or should I say like womp womp? Or should the, I feel like there should be some sort of sound effect. The tone of the sound effect would probably be something that is a scary little sound effect. So just insert it there because I feel a sense of impending doom. And that phrase is, I say it kind of lighthearted because in college, my friend got prescribed some antidepressants. And this was all very new to us. Like it was a new experience for him. And I, for whatever reason, I'm a, I'm a good friend. I'm super not judgmental. Uh, So he was just sharing this with me and we were reading the side effects and kind of would joke about it. It's like, that was one of the side effects. And he said, well, I already have a sense of impending doom. Like, how do I know what's the difference? Impending doom is definitely a side effect of my lack of marathon training. So I am terrified. Let's say that. I don't think I have been this scared, stressed, anxious, just like a lot of, I don't know. I don't want to say negative, but just like, scary kind of scaredy cat emotions about a marathon since I ran my first. And for my first marathon, I was like scared to death. I legit thought I might die today. This is it. So this is, this is how I'm going out. Obviously though, I was still willing to go out like that because I went, went for it. And apparently I still am because I feel the same. I feel super unprepared and I think a lot of that is, well, it's a combination of things. Physically, I feel unprepared, but also mentally, I feel super unprepared and I am deciding to move forward. I don't think I am recklessly unprepared. Let me be clear about this. I don't think that I am so just like not fit undertrained that it is irresponsible. That's kind of a surprise to me. I realized this when I was doing my roundup of last month's like my favorite run, eat and repeat that I did run an 18 mile long run. I've done two 18 mile long runs. So first, if we're going to get specific and not just my head trip right now, which is not enough for most full marathon training plans. There are some that do 
volume high mileage over the course of a week, and I don't want to get technical because it's hard to explain without kind of giving you examples you can look at, but there are some full marathon training plans that max out at a 16 mile long run, but there's a ton of mileage. You don't really get rest days. Actually, I think, um, Diana, who I interviewed after she rocked the LA marathon earlier this year, and I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes. She did that type of marathon training. I think it might be the Hanson's method where you're not running 20 mile long runs. You don't hit that high, but you do a 16 miler, but the day before you did 10 at goal pace or whatever it is, like you're, you're tired when you were doing that 16 miles and you have to keep a certain pace for it. So ultimately it's the same concept of building up your body, building up your endurance and your stamina um, and your speed. And that's actually super challenging as well. It's not necessarily easier. I digress. My point is I've done two 18 mile runs, but I'm not specifically on that training plan. It's not enough. I did realize though in kind of, it was a surprise to me as I was doing the roundup and I'm like, I I did 18 miles. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that because I have been tripping so hard on just thinking I am super not ready that I'm not thinking about what I have done. And it's kind of like that concept of don't let what you can't do get in the way of what you can do. And I think I'm like, well, I haven't done any 20 plus mile runs instead of, well, I have done two 18 milers. So those are the technical notes of my preparation for this race. Beyond that, I am shocked and disappointed and confused, even though it's like my own life choices, that I have not run a full marathon since Boston last year. It has been over a year and a half. And that's so surprising to me and super disappointing. It really makes me sad at myself because I don't really have an excuse for it. There's no reason why I stopped chasing my goal. And I just had this really, I'm not super competitive. I don't always need to have like, I'm chasing a new PR or new distance or new goal. I am not that ambitious. I like to have fun with this. Like it's a hobby. Hello. But I really did want a PR in the full marathon. And my PR was very close to a Boston qualifying time, which was three hours and 35 minutes. And I say was because just a couple weeks ago, the Boston Marathon announced that the qualifying times were going to be cut by five minutes. So now it has to be five minutes faster. I would still, I still just want to chase down my own PR and I would be completely happy with that. It would prove enough to me that like I qualified and I PR'd and whatever. I mean, it's just my own goal. I can call it whatever I want to, right? My life, my roles. Dave McGillivray, the race director for the Boston Marathon, actually, that was one of the things I've heard him speak a couple of times. And he has said that about himself because for his birthday, he used to run the number of miles of his age. And as he was getting older, he would split it up over the week, right? Like he's not necessarily when he turned 50 or when he did, I don't know, um, 
going to run 50 miles that day. And people would question him, you know, like, oh, I thought you said you were going to run your age on your birthday. And he's like, my race, my rules, like my life, my rules. And if he made this goal for himself, he could change the goal for himself, right? That is still a goal for me. Um, and outside factors have not changed it at all that I want to run like 335. And I am so far from that. A, B, I have not even been working towards it. And that sucks. But it is what it is. And I was kind of thinking about that and thinking about how I haven't run a marathon in so long. And I really don't know how my body is going to react. And if nothing else, I've said this for a while, actually, and I keep backing out of it. But I have known because I know myself that I need to run a full marathon to get my ass handed to me. Like that is, I need to get back in the game and just realize like, hey, you remember how hard that was? Respect the distance, A, and B, now you know where you are fitness-wise. And so, yeah, that is, that's what I'm doing this weekend. And so I more, I don't really have a time goal for the race. I don't know how my body is going to react. Like it's been a long time since I've had to fuel for that and had to run that long. I'm going to try and just learn everything I can from it. I'm going to try not to cry. I'm going to try to have fun because my one friend, my running buddy, who t- my running buddy lives out of state. So it's kind of hard for us to actually run together. But um, Skinny Runner, who is now Barl's Hambone on Instagram, is coming from Alaska by way of Seattle to run the race with me. So I'm really excited about that because we haven't run together in a really long time. We haven't hung out and she used to live super close and we would go to all the races together and we would run together. We would take walks together. I was like gum on her shoe. I was just there all the time. And now that I'm saying that, I wonder if that's why she moved. The point is that this is me sharing with you that I am running a race this weekend. If I survive, I'll let you know how it goes. My main goal is to run well, um, run smart, pay attention to my body and fueling to have a good time. And really, I want to finish strong. I want to use it as a training run. Like this is a long run and I can keep training and find another marathon, maybe six weeks out, eight weeks out, depending on how I do today. Uh, because I'm not, I'm definitely in half marathon shape. And in a couple weeks, I would be in marathon shape. I'm just not in full on PR shape. But that takes a lot of work. Like when you want to improve, it's not by accident, you have to show the hell up in training, you know, it's not just race day. And I realize that. And I am (laughs) trying not to focus on the appended doom, but focus on the fun uh, we're staying with like family the night before and I'm hanging out with SR and it's a new race because this is part of the rebel race series. And they had another race that was in LA and they actually changed the location this year. So I'm excited about that. You know, it's like a place that I like to visit with someone that I like to hang out with doing an activity I enjoy 
And I'm going to focus on all of that. And then I'm going to really try and take recovery seriously, like make sure I use compression gear and refuel in a good window and probably maybe take an ice bath if I can uh, and stretch like a mofo. Like I'm going to work on recovery like it is my job the rest of that day and the following. Um, And yeah, that's where I am right now. So we'll see how it goes. Follow me on Instagram at run, eat, repeat to stay posted on all of that. And I will put more info in the show notes. Oh, because this is, I was like, what else was I going to mention about this? Uh, There are a lot of races coming up. So after this though, this starts kind of fall racing season. And I basically have a race. I feel every weekend until December. So, um, If you want to run a race and you're somewhere in the area, I have race discounts for other Revel races, so other races in the series, but also the Rock and Roll LA is the end of this month, and there are two distances for that. There's a half marathon and a 5K, and that's October 28th, and it's RER LA 10 for the half marathon. You get 10 bucks off. RERLA5 for the 5K, five bucks off. Rock and Roll Las Vegas, super fun race. And if you're going to do Rock and Roll LA, you don't have to dress up, but it's kind of fun. Um, in Vegas, there's a half marathon, a full marathon, a 10K or a 5K. And the discount code for the full or the half, 10 bucks off, you get it's RERVEGAS10. It's all in caps, all of these that I'm saying. Or the 10K or 5K RER Vegas 5 for five bucks off. And then next weekend, the Lexus Lace Up races, which are super fun. I think, is it? Oh, I wish I would know this. Is it pancakes or waffles after the race in Ventura next weekend? Either way, I'm down for it. Lexus Lace Up has races coming up in Ventura in October, Palos Verdes, November 17th, Riverside, December 2nd. They have a ton of runner perks. So those are always fun races. And that is you can get 10% off with discount code RER10. Let me know if you have any questions on any of those, because I've done all of those races before. And I'm trying to hook you up with the discounts. So yeah, now let's get on to the main event. Lindsay Gennaro is a registered dietitian and founder of Nutrition to Fit. You can follow her on Instagram at Nutrition to Fit or on her website, nutritiontofit.com. And I'll put links in the show notes to her contact info, as well as a couple links to some articles that she's done on collagen. You can find that at runeatrepeat.com. Okay, yeah, I am very excited to talk about this. I have seen collagen people using it in different forms on Instagram and you know on their blogs and different recipes and I've seen it all over the stores and finally when I saw it at Costco in both pill and powder form I was like I need a really good rundown of this and I've done a ton of research but I know that there's still so much to know and it does get so sciencey so I don't want to get too scientific but I definitely want a very thorough overview because it is also kind of expensive so it's like if you're going to use this I want to know what's the right one to use right and if if there are legit benefits to it but to start off with because I think First of all, sometimes when we think of collagen, before it became a supplement, I thought about it as something in 
how you look, right? And like maintaining the collagen and different like, I don't know, face creams and things like that. What is collagen? That is the perfect place to start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So collagen, it's a protein. And it's actually the most abundant protein in your body. Um, So yes, you mentioned skin, like collagen is in our skin, in our muscles, our tendons, our bones, our ligaments. There's even collagen in your teeth and your blood vessels, um, and even in like your eyes, like your corneas. So that's basically like in a very tiny nutshell what collagen is. It's a protein found very prevalently in your body. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has a lot of roles. So going back to like the skin, this your skin is known to or the goal for skin is to be very elastic. Um, you want your skin to look hydrated, to be elastic, to be smooth, kind of. I think a lot of people, women especially, prefer to have like min- as minimal wrinkles as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and collagen can help with all of that. So can, there's actually been some studies that have shown that collagen intake and these amino acids found in collagen, which we can kind of get into a little bit more later, but collagen can actually help with your skin. It can help decrease the appearance of wrinkles, increase the elasticity, the hydration in your skin, make your skin look a little more, I guess, like more beautiful. <laughs> yeah, which I love. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I mean, I'm, I have a toddler and I have a, when I'm pregnant. So yeah, sleep's not been like my best friend lately. So anything that helps me look like young and rested, I'm down for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's it. Where I kind of associated it in the past was I'd heard that as you get older, you lose collagen. So you want to be mindful of that and start using like different creams and stuff, which I'm like, haven't been great about in the past. And then though, when I realized that this was something potentially that it seemed like athletes were using, I got more curious about it which shows where my priorities are. But I just, you know, so it's not just necessarily something for skin. You had mentioned that your body kind of makes it. So overall, because I've got the message that you kind of create less of it, your body is making less of it as you get older. Is that, does that apply to collagen anywhere in your body? Yes. So I forget the exact age. I want to say, I want to say it's either around 30 or around 40. Um, but around that age, your body does start to have a very, very slight decrease in the amount of collagen that it's producing um, each year. And I'm talking like like one or two percent, like a very small percentage. But if you know if that starts at 40, by the time you're 50, 60, 70, like you're definitely going to see a, a decrease in collagen. And that's why it's perfectly natural that someone who is 70 is going to have a few more wrinkles than someone who is like 20, 25, mm-hmm. just nature. <laughs> but yes, so collagen, I do just want to kind of point this out and I want to go ahead and point this out now. Collagen is something with as social media, Instagram heavy <laughs> as it is right now. I think a lot of people are thinking that they can take a lot of collagen either in powder form or pill form and it will prevent that. And I just want to go ahead and kind of stay right off the bat. Like you can take collagen supplementation, either in powder or pill form, but you absolutely don't have to because collagen is something that our bodies produce and repair on its own. It's not that, like, let's say I were to put a scoop of collagen peptides in a cup of coffee. It's not that when I drank that collagen coffee, that collagen in the coffee is going to go straight to my skin or straight to my bones. 
just like anything that we consume, our bodies have to digest and break down what we're consuming. So those collagen peptides are going to get broken down into individual amino acids. There are some, the three main amino acids in collagen, not to get like too sciencey or anything, but glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline, those are the three, the, the three most prevalent amino acids in collagen. That's important too because a lot of those individual amino acids are actually what might be leading towards more of the benefits associated with digestion and skincare and joint health. So it's not necessarily that collagen itself as a nutrition supplement is directly translating to increased collagen in the skin, for example. It's something that you can, your body will break down those amino acids and your body can use those amino acids in your skin. It might not necessarily, like it, it might not. Your body might think, you know what, we really need to use amino acids over here in strengthening this bone repair um, from a fractured bone the other day. So we're going to divert more amino acids over here. Does that kind of make sense? (laughs) Yes, yes. And I'm glad that you said that because it is a good reminder, especially when you're taking a supplement. I do think that sometimes we associate taking a supplement with a direct result, right? Like this cause and effect kind of thing Mm -hmm. versus if you think about it, like when you are trying to build muscle and you want to make sure that you're getting enough lean protein, it's not that that chicken breast immediately goes to your bicep. It is that your body breaks it down and helps create a muscle in your body, you know, with using those tools, with using everything in that, you know, to kind of recreate that with what you need. And potentially, yeah, it might not go to muscle rebuilding like that. You were mentioning that you don't have to take a collagen supplement. We can get it through encouraging our body with the right foods. Is there like specific foods or kind of different a different support we can do to make sure that our body is creating enough collagen itself? Absolutely. So there's definitely, um, there's definitely things from a dietary perspective that you can try to make sure that you're including. And there's also things from like a lifestyle and environmental perspective that you can try some of it. So from a diet perspective, honestly, a lot of it goes right back to just kind of your basic everyday, everything in moderation, balanced diet, which I know isn't like the most, you know, trendy, cool thing to, to hear. <laughs> what about <laughs> the magic pill? <laughs> I want the magic pill. I know. Stop telling me Man, that you're if broccoli. I find this magic pill, I'd be so rich. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, from a dietary perspective, you do not have to consume collagen as a supplement. Your best bet is just to include a variety of foods rich in protein. So protein is those, like that's going to be broken down into amino acids. And those amino acids, whether they come from protein like a chicken breast, protein from collagen peptide supplementation, those can be used for collagen production and repair in your body. May not be exclusively, but that is one of the functions of amino acids in your body, especially with collagen in your body being the largest protein in your body. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you can focus on is vitamin C. Vitamin C is a vitamin, it's a water-soluble vitamin, an antioxidant, super, super great, found in a lot of great things like fruits and vegetables that can also help aid in collagen production and repair. You can also think about trying to decrease inflammation because inflammation can break down collagen. So what are things that are going to work against inflammation? Those are going to be things like omega-3 fatty acids. So in things like flax seeds and walnuts and salmon, 
Um, and also antioxidant-rich foods. Consume a lot of foods rich in antioxidants. Again, like those fruits and vegetables, those antioxidants are going to help fight against that inflammation, which can in turn help maintain your current collagen production and repair and even improve it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I think it's a good reminder, too, because it is one of those things that it's what you do most of the time, not what you do some of the time. So if for the most part, you're eating the superfoods that are often high in antioxidants, and that is on the regular your diet, that is a lot more beneficial than taking a supplement, you know, or taking it until it runs out, and then you don't buy more for however long, Mm -hmm. but you're eating trash. So that's really important. You said lifestyle too. Yes, just kind of a weird, I mentioned that inflammation can break down collagen. There's other things that can, from a lifestyle perspective and environmental perspective, that can increase inflammation and can just break down that collagen further. So things that you want to do is if you're going to be outside, find a safe sunscreen that you can wear, you know, prevent skin damage, prevent sunburns. Those are not going to be helpful for A, your overall health, but B, like, Think about all that collagen we've been talking about that's in your skin. If you don't have any type of sun protection on, sun damage, sunburn is going to directly break down that collagen in your skin. Other lifestyle recommendations, so don't smoke. (laughs) Smoking is a huge thing that will increase inflammation in your body, and it just is going to take away so much from your body and resources from your body, which will also have an effect in your collagen, not your body's natural collagen, not being able to have a desired level of production and repair. Mm-hmm. Um, Pollution is another one. I know this one's a little bit tricky because a lot of it is going to be very location dependent. You know, if you live in the middle of a very busy city, it's going to be a little harder to avoid pollution than if you are out in very like rural North Dakota <laughs> with acres and acres of land to yourself. But doing whatever you can to try to limit your exposure to pollution um, maybe instead of going for a run in the middle of a city and all the busy city streets, try to find a park that might have a, you might be able to notice a slight difference in pollution just from like the trees around and everything. Um, so just trying to do your best you can with pollution and smoking and sun production. Those are some really basic things that we all should be focusing on anyway. But again, I think you kind of mentioned like it all goes back to the fact that all of these, all of these little things, it's what you do most of the time, not occasionally and these are all these little things that we should be doing most of the time that can have a big impact on our overall health including our body's collagen production and ability to repair collagen Mm -hmm. yes i mean basically it's like take care of yourself but then we're like breaking it down to specific (laughs) specifically how to take care of yourself why is it really big with people that seem to be into fitness people that are athletes i know I feel like it almost kind of first started with people into CrossFit, but I've seen it more and more with people that are overall just into fitness and runners. What are the benefits of collagen to someone that is fitness minded? So one thing, um, I'll get into like a little bit of specific athlete research in just a second, but I do want to mention that because collagen is a protein, a lot of people do use collagen peptides. So like the powdered form of collagen, you find it, like I think you was like even in Costco now, mm-hmm. um, a lot of grocery stores, they have these little tubs of powder and it's this collagen peptide. It's basically like a protein powder. That's actually, on a personal note, that's how I use collagen peptides. I don't 
necessarily, I don't really use it every single day. I'm, I, I limit what I recommend every day to like water and fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think there's much else that we have to do every single day, but with collagen peptides, it is a protein. So if you're someone that maybe you're very sensitive to, maybe you're sensitive to dairy and a lot of like the whey protein powders, and maybe that doesn't work really well with you. Maybe something like a bovine or a marine based collagen peptide might be best for you. A lot of people like to add it as a way to boost protein and things that don't naturally contain a lot of protein. So like your smoothies that are fruit and vegetable based, your coffees, teas, even something like a pureed soup, you can very easily put a spoonful of unflavored collagen peptides in there. And like you can have a pureed butternut squash soup that now has more protein in it from the unflavored collagen peptides. So the protein piece is kind of where I think a lot of the the explosion of popularity for collagen peptides has come from because a lot of athletes and those who are into bodybuilding um, and building muscle, they a, a very common focus that I see is a focus on protein. Mm-hmm. So that protein piece is big. At the same time, there actually has been some research on collagen specifically for athletes. I have to have a little disclaimer first, of course. As with all research on pretty much anything, everything, all studies have their limitations and all we always need more research. But there's actually a pretty substantial amount, like decades worth of research into collagen peptides, which I think is far more than a lot of people, including health professionals, even realize. Mm-hmm. Um, I read one 24-week study, which that's a pretty long time. So a 24-week study it looked at using collagen peptides as a supplement for athletes with the objective of trying to reduce activity-related joint pain. So I know you do like marathons and you're a crazy, insane, amazing runner, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm sure you've probably experienced from time to time like joint pain after maybe like a really long run or at the end of the training season. Joint pain can be pretty common for athletes. Mm-hmm. This 24-week study, it didn't note that there are possible benefits. Like the, the participants in the study found benefits of this collagen supplementation supporting their joint health, reducing joint pain to the point that they felt that they had improved athletic performance. And the study even concluded that for some individuals, collagen might potentially even reduce the risk of joint deterioration, which is pretty huge. <laughs> huge, huge, huge for runners. And yes, I yeah. um, I saw something like that and I was looking for, you know, the original article because I was thinking this is amazing. And I was surprised at how much research backed studies there have been mm-hmm. that it was I mean, it's it's super, super impressive. And that's what really made me think that this is why kind of athletes are, are pursuing this because of the potential. I mean, you know, the t- the joint deterioration, like prevention is so big because we are so hard on our bodies that I was super, super interested in that aspect of it. I think, too, one of the reasons why or I kind of assumed that it seemed to be big as a protein for athletes is because I've seen it often unflavored, which is hard to find. So you can mm-hmm. kind of add it into things that you not- wouldn't necessarily think to add protein powder. So I thought that was a good option because it's hard to find unflavored, unsweetened protein mm-hmm. powder. So, yeah. yeah. That's exactly why I like it as a protein myself. Because I, you know, if I'm just going to have like a smoothie for breakfast, I, I want to have a little bit of protein in there because I know personally that my body's going to respond better when I have a little more balance of my macro and micronutrients um, at a meal. 
And I don't, as a dietitian, one of the things that I look for, like when I'm looking on a nutrition, uh, nutrition label, not so much nutrition facts, but looking at those ingredients, collagen peptides, they often just have like one single ingredient. Whereas there's some brands, like even the most, you know, quote, clean brands of protein powders, whether they're plant-based or animal protein, many times they still have like five, ten, so many more ingredients between sweeteners, whether they're artificial or natural sweeteners and flavorings and extracts and stimulants and fiber additives and all these other things. Like, I, I want to keep it basic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's my personal, like why I like to use it um, personally myself. But again, everybody has to find what works for themselves. Oh, for sure. That reminds me though, what is collagen made of? Because I know that it's for the most part made from animals. There's not necessarily a vegan option. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Like for the most part, is it made from a certain part of a cow? How does that work? That's a great question. And I just have to say that's actually probably the most common question that I've had about collagen, especially is there a vegan collagen? So at this time, there is no vegan collagen. There's no nothing that compares. <laughs> There's nothing vegan for collagen because collagen is animal derived. So hydrolyzed collagen peptides, it's not relegated to like one specific animal. They can be like collagen can become from cows, pork, chicken. Um, I even saw some research studies that were using like deer. Um, They can also be from marine sources like shellfish, fish skins, cartilage from fish or shark. With the animal sources like the cows and pork, that is typically made by processing the animal cartilage, hides, and bones. This is this is an area where you really want to find a a brand that you trust. Transparency is huge for me when I'm looking at different brands. I want to know, like with collagen, I want to know how they're processing it. I want to know what their standards are. Like what am I actually consuming? And if a company can be transparent with me in their process, I really appreciate that as a consumer. So I know there's one company, I don't know, do you want me to like name names? <laughs> it has like a recommendation. I promise I'm not like paid by anyone. <laughs> you know, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I always just like to throw that out there. Like I'm not, I'm not a this is, yeah, or anything. Yeah. This episode is not sponsored, but I mean, feel free. if someone's doing <laughs> yes. it right, then yeah, like I would love to hear it. So Vital Proteins, that's probably, they have a really strong like Instagram presence. So you've probably heard of Vital Proteins. I think they're actually the ones that have the new big containers at Costco too. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate Vital Proteins because they're incredibly transparent with their process. So whether it's from saying, okay, the cows that we use for our bovine collagen peptides are sourced from Brazil. We use these Brazilian cows because this specific breed of cattle is a non-dairy producing cattle. So there's no hormones injected to try to get the cows to produce more milk because if the cattle doesn't produce milk, they don't need to produce more of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's also laws in Brazil that prevent the addition of hormones to feed to make sure that the cattle is hormone and RDGH free. Uh, I think that, and there's, even, there's even more information. Um, something about, I forget, there's like some alliance of animal welfare rating standards, but whichever the specific alliance is, it even looks at making sure that there's enough land for each individual cow. I think two or three acres per cow. 
So they really like care to make sure that the animals that they're sourcing it from are quality, that the animals are being cared for. They talk about the processing system where the like they use, I believe, the hides from the bovine, from the cow. Mm-hmm. So they'll soak the hides in hot water, remove the fat. It gets soaked into an alkaline or acid solution, cooked in water, processed and treated with enzymes to make it go from gelatin to collagen peptide. Then it's dehydrated and it's kind of broken down a little bit more to create this powder to supplement. Awesome. And they, um, for the most part, are a powder. Is there any benefit to a powder form versus kind of like a, a pill supplement? That's a great question. Um, and actually, I did just see recently that Vital Protein does have a pill form. Um, I think several brand, brands do have both like pill and like, powder form. Honestly, there's really no difference. It's kind of up to the consumer to determine how you plan to use it. So if you are someone that has coffee or tea or smoothies or something every day where you have zero problem putting a scoop of unflavored collagen peptides into your smoothie or coffee or whatever, that might be the easiest way to go for you. Pills, of course, if you think it's basically the same thing, like that same, I don't know if you've ever seen like the powder of the powdered collagen peptides, but that same powder is what's in the pill form. So if you're someone that has an issue with pills, you might not want to go like with swallowing pills. That is not, that's not going to be the best choice for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially because since it's so small compared to a little scoop of collagen peptide powder, you're going to need to take like, probably, I mean, I would imagine at least like six or eight pills to get somewhere close to the amount that amount in a of, scoop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I know, like, for me, especially, like, when I'm pregnant, I cannot tolerate, like, I don't tolerate pills. <laughs> so, for me right now, that is not a good option. But for other people that, you know, maybe they're they're not big coffee drinkers or maybe they just don't want to have a powder around and it's easier for them to try a pill supplement, okay, go for it. I think no matter what you choose, it's always, always, always a good idea to bring it up to your doctor and just see if there's any reason why you shouldn't consume it based on your personal health history. Um, and of course, anytime that you're trying anything new, just be very aware of yourself and any potential new like symptoms. I will say I reviewed, I wrote a couple blog posts about collagen, like what it is and answering a bunch of questions that I received on it. And I, I thought that I was going to be able to like spend an afternoon going through research and like write up this post. There's so much research on collagen. I spent over a week just like down this rabbit hole of looking at more and more and more research all about collagen. It was incredible. And I kind of expected to not really find a lot because I feel like you hear this go-to line from a lot of other dietitians and health professionals of, well, there's just not a lot of research. or The research can't tell us too much right now. Obviously, we always need more research, but there is a good bit there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what I did see, even like from a decade ago, were studies saying, you know what, like, there's actually like, there's very little to say this is not safe. You know, it's it's a very safe supplement. There's not a lot of of harm, side effects. There's very minimal problems that they're finding with it. Even some studies have have explored long-term usage, and they're not finding a lot of clinical data, like clinically significant data to say, hey, this is a problem. Mm -hmm. So that's just something that's really important to note too. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question. Is there any side effects or anything that someone should be mindful of if they are 
you know, have allergies outside of someone that's vegan and would avoid it for that. But um, is there anything that is like a negative side effect or a certain type of person should avoid it? Yeah, that is a fantastic question. So if you're someone that has a fish or shellfish allergy or sensitivity, 100% avoid marine collagen, um, the ones that are based from fish or potentially shellfish and shells. Really, truly with any type of allergy or sensitivity, if you know there's any one single food or multiple foods that can be an irritant to you from an allergy intolerance or sensitivity perspective, I would just recommend looking at the the canister or the bottle of whatever collagen you're considering and just double checking that it doesn't contain that, that there's no warnings of may contain shellfish ingredients or whatever, mm-hmm. no cross-contamination. You can always contact each individual company and ask them, hey, is there any chance that this bovine collagen could have been cross-reacted with your marine collagen because I'm allergic to fish. And companies typically are pretty useful in responding to those type of questions. And if they're not, you don't want to give them your money anyway. Um, And I say that with love as someone that has like food allergies, like if a company can't support me, I don't want to support them. (laughs) Oh, for sure. There's, I mean, there's too much at risk. That's a big deal when it's your health. Yes. Other potential side effects. So there are some individuals that have had high blood calcium levels due to the high concentrations of calcium. And I think where we're sourcing the, the collagen from, whether it's like the cartilage from fish or sharks or bones from an animal, if that's where the collagen is being sourced from, those are typically very calcium-rich parts of the, of the animal that are being used. So if you're taking a lot of collagen supplementation, especially if you're simultaneously taking any type of calcium supplementation, be really careful about that. And it might not be a bad thing to run it by your doctor and to maybe even have like routine blood work done just to make sure that your calcium levels are being in check. Another uh, side effect, this I haven't heard too common, just kind of occasionally. I did have a colleague that told me about this herself recently, but just constipation can be a side effect for some. The majority of people especially with these unflavored collagen peptides, the majority of people don't notice any difference in taste. But there has been, I did read a couple of studies with a couple of people saying they found like a bad taste in their mouth afterwards. This, there's another, it kind of depends on the person. This could be seen as a, a side effect or a benefit depending on your desired intentions, but as an appetite suppressant. So I personally view this more as a side effect because I, I'm not big into using any type of supplements or pills to try to control our appetites and suppress it not naturally. So there have been some studies that have shown collagen and gelatin both. It's good because it increases the satiety in your body. But if you're someone that's really sensitive, like if you can't stomach a large meal and you ha- you're someone that has to only eat like small meals more frequently – that can really like throw a wrench for you because it can also like when you're feeling fuller longer, which is what some studies have shown gelatin and collagen can do, it's going to make you feel fuller longer. And then you're going to have your appetite impacted and you might not eat as much later, which again, for some people, you know, I try to keep a pretty open mind when it comes to health and nutrition. I know for some people they're probably thinking, yeah, that's awesome. I want to just try collagen. And the others are like, ooh, maybe I should kind of watch that. Because at the end of the day, we just all want to make sure that we're nourishing ourselves and taking care of ourselves. Well, how many calories are in a typical serving size? 
that is going to depend a little bit on the like the specific brand and if like if you're doing one scoop or two scoop or whatever it might be. I think typically calories are usually about anywhere between like 30 and 50 calories per scoop, depending on the size of the scoop. And that's probably going to equate to about 10 grams of protein per scoop. Yeah, because I would almost be curious if it was partially because of the protein amount. Mm-hmm. Like if someone's not used and to that, it, you know, like it, it is, it's, mm-hmm. it's satisfying to get enough protein, especially if like you don't prioritize that in the past yet to switch that up. Oh, I'm exactly. just curious. Yeah. Think like eating a basic salad that's just like lettuce, tomatoes, carrots, cucumbers. Okay, I'm going to be hungry in like 20 minutes. <laughs> And then think about adding like a nice piece of salmon or chicken to that. And okay, I'm probably going to still be hungry again pretty soon, but I'm probably going to make it to at least like an hour or a couple of hours now. It's, I mean, that's a very, very strong point. And that's kind of my, my suspicion with the appetite suppressant nature of it. It's just, it's adding more protein and protein is, is satisfying and it is going to make you feel fuller longer. Kind of like fiber. There's no fiber in collagen, but it's the same thing. Like, you want to have a fiber-rich meal to kind of help you stay full and close time for your next meal. For sure, yeah. And if normally you're just drinking coffee with like a dash of, I don't know, almond milk, and then you put mm-hmm. 10 grams of protein in it, like I could see where you potentially would notice like, hey, I'm not necessarily as hungry, but it doesn't mean like it's, I don't know, mm-hmm. some sort of... Yeah, and it, it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's one of those things too, where like if you're... I've had a lot of clients that are like, you know, Lindsay, I have a really hard time eating breakfast first thing in the morning. Like, there's never been a breakfast person. And while I do think there's a lot of benefits to eating breakfast, I, again, like, really try to support everyone with where they are currently. And adding something like a scoop of collagen peptides to your coffee or tea in the morning, that's just, that can be a great stepping stone for you're, put, you're getting a little something extra with your breakfast. So maybe you still have that splash of almond milk in there. But by adding a scoop or even a half a scoop of collagen peptides, you're getting a little extra protein. You're just getting a little extra something else in your system first in the morning. And I think that's another reason why collagen's kind of exploded in popularity. Is and just in my experience, there are a lot of people that pretty much all they have until late morning, midday is their cup of coffee. That's why you see like bulletproof coffee being so popular. That's why this whole collagen in your coffee has been huge if you just go on go on to instagram and search for like hashtag collagen i'm sure you're going to see half a dozen pictures of coffee cups <laughs> oh for sure that's where i've seen it the most and i i would like to kind of mention too since there is potentially this appetite suppressant effect mm-hmm. there's this uh, like surprising irony to very long runs especially in i personally think hotter weather but i know in general sometimes when distance runners are doing long runs or after a race as much as I like love food I am not hungry after a long run Mm -hmm. like I am wrecked and I'm thirsty and I won't be hungry I will wake up the next morning like hungrier than I have been in forever but that day Mm -hmm. I'm not hungry like it just it it kills my appetite my body is like what is going on you know it thinks it's like fight or flight like I just was running away from a lion I don't know but my body like appetite wise shuts down so I do do a smoothie after a long run a lot of times because I want to get something in within that recovery time period and it's important to be mindful potentially if you already realize like I'm not super hungry on a long run day 
you don't want to make it that much more challenging for yourself to like get some mm-hmm. nutrition in. I, I'm just saying like, if you're incorporating this into like a recovery plan to be mindful of your timing, then if potentially that does yeah. have, you know, if it is kind of shutting down your appetite a little bit or, you know, making you even that much less likely to refuel. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that's something that every every individual is going to kind of have to assess for themselves. Because there's, I mean, even even like post a long run, like there's still pros and cons to it because you have one pro that's okay, I can add one scoop of collagen peptides and that's going to give me a little protein, which can aid in my muscle recovery and just help my body get back to normal. Um, and it's smaller than many other like protein powders. I know I have like a, a whey protein powder in my pantry. It's like 100% grass-fed whey protein. The scoop of that is like four times as big as the collagen peptide scoop. So that can just be something else to consider. Like, okay, maybe I find that with collagen peptides, maybe I am someone, like one of the few that do notice these appetite suppressant side effects. And maybe I want to avoid that. But maybe I'm someone that finds that it actually helps me because I don't feel a tremendous difference from it and it's a way that I can get like an extra 10 grams of protein that can just kind of help my body recover a little bit better after a long run. Yeah. I think anytime I hear that something is an appetite suppressant, my body is like, oh yeah, let, let me see this. And it's very skeptical. <laughs> it's just like, no, no. <laughs> Doesn't apply. Yeah, I think, I think, honestly, I think that's great though. Like don't let anybody... Don't let me tell you, you know, <laughs> like you, you are the expert in your own body. Like no one knows your body better than you. And especially with something like the few, like the small amount of people that have reported appetite suppressant as a side effect, like who's to say if you're going to be one of them or not, like try it. Um, and that's not like that's a, a side effect that's a severe, I mean, it's not a very severe side effect. It's something that's going to go away maybe an hour longer, you know, maybe instead of being full from your collagen peptides for three hours, you'll be full for four hours, mm-hmm. like, you know? So everybody, I just, I always try to encourage everyone figure out what helps you feel your best and do what works for you. You're the one that's the expert of your own body. And if you think, you know what, pill powder, I don't care. Collagen, I, I can't handle anything like that. I don't want to pay for anything like that. Then don't. But if you're someone that you're like, you know what, I'm really interested in that and I really want to try that, that seems like something that would be a great addition to my lifestyle, then try it. For sure. (laughs) Do what works for you. Yeah. And pay attention. I think it's important to, if you're going to change something, change one thing at a time. And that's true with training and it's true with what you're eating and it's true with supplements especially if and like we all got to be honest with ourselves like if you are someone that is highly sensitive and you know like you tend to have side effects of things that you try or you tend to have stomach issues when you switch something up do change one thing at a time and then note it Mm -hmm. like find a way to keep track be it in some sort of like journal or on your phone so that you know if this is you know, really benefiting you or if kind of the negatives outweigh the positives. Definitely. I am a huge proponent of tracking and not just, and when I say tracking, like I'm not talking like calories or grams of anything. Like I am much more interested, like with my clients, especially like I work with a lot of food sensitivity clients and with those clients, especially like I want to know what they're eating and doing and like their, their general day, how they're sleeping and I want to see how that affects the symptoms. 
So then do that same thing. Like for any of your listeners that are training or whatever, like keep note. Gosh, even for myself, sometimes like I'll text my, like my email, like I'll send a text to my email of, Hey, you know, I noticed that I was feeling like really, really bloated, you know, and I, I just tried this food for the first time in a long time today at lunch. Keep an eye on that. And I'll just kind of know, like, okay, like let's, maybe there was some weird food, maybe because, you know, my toddler was up every hour last night. Maybe I'm just tired and my body like hates me right now. Or maybe that food is just something that I want to kind of keep a closer eye on. So hundred percent behind tracking. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that reminds me too, when I was asking about potential side effects, since you mentioned that you're expecting, is it safe for people that are pregnant or breastfeeding? That's a fantastic question. Um, I will say if someone is pregnant or breastfeeding, absolutely talk to your doctor. Your doctor might not be familiar. If that's the case, you're, you can certainly print off um, like some research articles that you can bring in. There's not pretty much any research on collagen in pregnancy and breastfeeding specifically. A lot of it is looking more at like those associations of like protein, amino acids. So you have some people that are like some health professionals that are like, you know what, I actually think that would be beneficial because your body needs a little more protein. Um, you have others that are like, oh no, like let's not do anything different. But again, like collagen is a protein. You kind of have to use your best judgment in combination with talking to your doctor and your healthcare team. For me personally, I've had those conversations. I've done significant research. And like I mentioned before, like it's not a daily thing for me. So I'm okay taking it once in a while because truthfully, those times when I take it are those days where for me in pregnancy, I'm, I'm not one of those women that's like, Oh man, like I can just eat for two. I'm so hungry. Like I have horrible problems with like food aversions and my appetite. So there's been times where like I'll wake up and even like three hours later, the only thing that sounds good might be like a cup of homemade hot chocolate or a chai tea, something that like really isn't going to provide any nutrition for me. But if I can add a scoop of collagen peptides in there, I at least know that I'm getting a little bit of protein and just a little extra nutrition that I can provide for myself and the baby. Um, but again, that's a personal decision that I made after conversations with my healthcare um, team, after significant research, 100% talk to your provider and figure out for yourself with their help if it's a fit for you. Love that. Yes. And it, it, I mean, it really always goes back to you have to know yourself and you have to be your own advocate. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, yes, I love that. Lindsay, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap it up? I mean, no, it was an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I love talking nutrition and trying to make it a little more, a little more digestible. No, no pun intended. <laughs> that is super uh, pun intended. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is what I love to do. So I would love, like, if anybody has any other questions, definitely don't hesitate to reach out. And I don't know if it's, Polly, I don't know if you provide like any links in your, um, like your notes or anything, but I do have those two posts on my website with, um, a large number of citations. Um, that, so if someone did want to look at some research, if someone wanted to print off like a, the article to take to a doctor, if someone wanted to find links to research articles they could use to take to their doctor, that could be a good resource for them to kind of give them a head start on finding some articles. I'll definitely link to that in the show notes, as well as 
you know, your website and your Instagram. Mm -hmm. Do you work, you you mentioned you work with people virtually. So do you offer Mm -hmm. kind of like nutritionist services virtually or how can someone potentially get in contact to work with you? Yeah. So there's many ways that you can contact me through basically any social media channel, email. Um, but I do provide nutrition coaching. Um, I prefer to have one-on-one clients for like at least a one month package because in my experience, that's just, that's just the best. Like most clients finally need a little accountability, a little support. And I try to provide a lot of support to my clients um, and be, be available for questions and anything. So typically, yeah, one month coaching packages are kind of my, um, like my minimum. I do have food sensitivity testing that I can help with as well. And I'm actually going to be launching um, a little more affordable option, like a, a group nutrition program, like a four-week group class. Um, so I'll be launching that soon as well. Awesome. Keep us posted on that. And what is your Instagram handle that we can follow? Nutrition to Fit. The Nutrition, T-O-F-I-T. Nutrition to Fit. Nutrition to Fit. Perfect. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. This has been super informative. <laughs> Tons. Of, we I feel like we hit a lot of different bases and got yeah. a ton of information on this one. Like we just talked about one thing, but there's so much <laughs> info and it's I I find it super interesting and helpful. Well, thank you so much again. Like I I thought it was great. I hope I hope just even one person listening can also find it helpful as well. So thank you, Monica. Thank you so much, Lindsay. There was so much great information. You can follow Lindsay on Instagram at nutrition to fit or on her website. And I will put info in the show notes as well as links and a few pictures. So you can check that out at runeatrepeat.com. Now it's time for the awards. Today's awards go to a local running group that I saw yesterday evening. I was taking a walk and when I first left, it was getting a little dusk-ish. It was a dusk vibe out there and I saw them and this is a group that I've seen in the past. Like I, this is kind of like a normal walking route for me in the evening and I'm familiar with this running group running around that same time but I haven't been walking that much in this area. And so I hadn't seen them in a minute. And when I did, it's always pleasant to see runners. And I'm like, hey, I'm a runner too. I don't say that out loud. <laughs> Let me get to the award part of this. Um, they were wearing like everyone on the team in the club. I don't know what they call it, but everyone was wearing multiple light sources and reflective safety gear. I was so impressed. And I was extra impressed because of the fact that when I first started my walk, it wasn't dark yet, but it got dark quickly. And to realize that they are putting on this extra gear because they are being smart and safe, even though they didn't necessarily need it when they left to set out on their run. I I just like want to give them an award. I want to give you an award. If you do this, I want to remind everyone to be safe. And fall is my favorite time of year for running. It's awesome. The weather is mild. And if you live somewhere with actual seasons, it's often very gorgeous. There are a couple of trees around here that do, you know, shed their leaves. And it's just like so pretty. There's just this awesome vibe running in the fall. I love it. But along with that, the days are shorter. And so you need to be mindful of that if you're running early 
or you're running later in the day that there's going to be less sun. And that means that you might be at risk for cyclists, cars, I don't know what else people drive or ride, motorcycles, mopeds, electric scooters, that you might not be visible to other people or vehicles around you and err on the side of caution. I will put links in the show notes at Runny Repeat to a couple of the light up products that I recommend. I have done a couple of Ragnar races. So at night, there's different things that I've used clipped on to not a visor, but just like a headpiece or something that you can just clip on to your belt. You want something in the front of you and in the back of you so they can see you coming or going. There are certain things too you can put on your shoes that light up. I just think it's really, really important. And everyone, they were just doing it so well. Everyone had multiple little lights. A couple of people had the vest ones. Some people had them on the small flashing ones on the back of their hats. Um, it just, it was awesome. I saw so many different examples and I'm familiar with all these products. You know, companies have sent them to me. I've used them in different situations. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. As I was walking and just watching them, I just wanted to give a big round of applause and award to them and just remind you safety first. And I hope that this has been a fun, informative, I don't know what else, episode for you. Thank you so much for listening. All the info will be at runningrepeat.com. If you're signing up for the races, make sure that you're checking out the discount code. And if you have a topic that you want me to cover or a question, you can email me at runerepeat.com or you can call the voicemail line, leave a voicemail message. And if you have a second, please subscribe, rate and review and tell someone about the show. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great run. Thank you for listening. For show notes, recipes, discounts, and more, go to www.runeatrepeat.com. You can also connect with Monica on Instagram by following at Run Eat Repeat and on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash runeatrepeat. Be sure to subscribe to the show and please rate and review in your podcast app.